Hi, everyone. Thanks for checking out the Thrive Podcast. We are the Young Adult Ministry at Maranatha Bible Church, and we meet on Wednesdays at 730 in our Family Life Center. If you enjoy this podcast, we'd love for you to post it to your Instagram story and tag us at NBC Thrive on Instagram. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy. All right, so we don't have any worship tonight, and I know you guys really don't want to hear me sing, so we're just going to go past that. We don't. We don't. We don't. Trust me. So I've never worn one of these headsets, but if anybody is from the 90s, I feel like I'm Lizzie McGuire or like Hilary Duff right now. It's really sweet. So who is excited to learn about Jesus? Whoa, I want some. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Actually, my Bible is not up here, but I have them up here. So we are going to be learning about Zacchaeus. I don't want that. That's, that's a big Bible. So we're going to be learning about Zacchaeus, Luke 19, 1 through 10. And so we want to go to the next slide. So. If you know anything about me, I am a people person. Would, anybody who knows me would say yes. Um, I like to talk with people, like to help people out. I think Josh comes over to my apartment once or twice a week at least, just unannounced. More than that, okay. A couple uh, days ago, he actually came over and played 2K while I was working, supposed to be working, and he just kind of played 2K, and he was bored at his house. And then Noah comes over all the time. We talk about Star Wars. And so um, I like to solve problems. I love to help people out. And let's say somebody is going through a hard time or somebody just needs somebody to listen to, I like to help out that way. And then if you know me, I kind of have a boring job. I'm an accountant. Yes, Kaylee! Yeah, and Taylor. I, accounts are super fun. We get, we get to do a lot of data entry, and that's about it. And so it's really boring, and it's not that fun, but I enjoy it. And so, all right. So Zacchaeus, what's the one thing you guys know about Zacchaeus? He's a small man. So can I get some answers? Don't put it up yet. Who in your mind do you think of when you think of a small person or a short person? Benny Carlson, okay. I'm average height. I have average. If if I go to Asia right now, I am tall. Okay, let's put that out there. We're not in Asia, that's true. That's true. And then Jeremiah and Christian are also very tall. So, who else? Benny, anybody else come to mind? Napoleon Bonaparte. What's he? <laughs> okay. All right. Who else? Anybody else? Adam Spizak. Okay. So I have some short people up here. Danny DeVito. Yes. So Batman Returns, I kind of grew up on that movie, and it's a great movie. Next one. Benny Carlson. <laughs> Benny. Benny Carlson is one of the nicest most determined people I've ever met in my life. And so if you ever have a chance to talk to him, he's super short, but talk to him, he's a great guy. Lastly, can anybody tell me who that is? Muggsy Bogues. Muggsy Bogues. So Muggsy Bogues, I've read, is built like a tank, 
And it's just very impressive that he actually made the NBA and actually was good and he did well because he's very short. As you can tell, next to Michael Jordan who is looking down on him, which I've been there, so. All right, so what are some other things you guys know about Zacchaeus? Tax collector. What else? He was in a tree. He was in a tree. He's very rich. Anything else? Cool. Okay. <laughs> Let's put them up there. Short, rich, tax collector. And none of you guys got this. Wow. His name means pure. That really doesn't have anything to do with the story or the message, but I just kind of think that's ironic because a tax collector as pure, not cool. So let's go to the first next slide. So pull out your Bibles. In Word of Life, we had, if you pulled out your Bible, everyone would cheer. So I want you guys, let's pull out your Bible. Whoa! Luke 19.1, whenever you guys are there, is everyone there? Yes. Okay. He entered, through Jer- he entered Jericho and was passing through. Stop. We are going to kind of set some context, set up what's going on and what's important about Jericho, because if the Bible tells you a detail, I kind of want to go into that detail. So, anybody know anything about Jericho? It has walls. It has walls. Anything else? Joshua fought there. Anything else? Anybody? It's okay to not have an answer. So, it's like a Las Vegas or Miami, so these like super rich people would go there, have vacation homes, kind of live life, party, and just gamble. A lot of greed, a lot of terrible things were there. So if you think of Jericho, think of Miami or Las Vegas, where like it's a, it's just a, not that a lot of sinful stuff is there. So, first city conquered. Who said that? That was the first city conquered. Somebody said it. Okay. Uh, by Joshua, it's cursed in Exodus. Uh, Joshua puts a curse on it, at, or in Joshua, there's a curse on it for anybody who rebuilds it. So. It wasn't supposed to be rebuilt. It wasn't supposed to come back as a city. God didn't want that to happen. That's why he put a curse on it. That makes sense, right? God doesn't want sin. There's a curse of sin. And then it is out of the way from Jerusalem. So this is about a week before Jesus is going to be crucified on the cross. So he's going. It's pretty much a straight shot down south where he's supposed to go. Jerusalem is north Never eat salty waffles. East of Jerusalem. You guys still do that too? Or am I the only one? All right, all right. So it's northeast of Jerusalem. So it's kind of out of the way. And it's kind of just, it's not where it's, where God, where Jesus is supposed to be. And the journey or the trek, as some people would call it, is kind of dangerous because a lot of people, it was, uh, very hilly, and so a lot of robbers were there, a lot of burglars, and it just wasn't a good area to go from Jericho to Jerusalem. 
So that's the importance of Jericho. Got it? Let's go with Luke 19, 2 through 4. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see Jesus, to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd he could not, because he was small in stature, so he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. So we said some things about Zacchaeus. So I'm going to just put the slide up. He was the chief tax collector. He was like the highest of the high. He was filthy rich. Not just rich, but filthy rich. And tiny, and he was very determined. So I have an illustration. If you guys see Adam Spizak in the bottom corner, that means there's an illustration coming. So do I have any volunteers besides Nick Miller? Yeah, I know. I, I know. Do I have any volunteers that want to help out? Okay. Johnny? All right. What's your name? I'm John. All right. For the podcast, this is Johnny Schwaben. He's a great guy. So, Johnny, you've had a great year. Let's say it was 2021, and you made $100,000 this year. Okay. That's a good year, right? You consider that pretty good pocket change. So you're making a lot of money, and, but it's untaxed. It's not like the system we have now where it's direct deposit, and then you see it on your pay stub, and you're just like, that's all I made? <laughs> so it's untaxed $100,000. And I come up to you, and I'm just like, hey, like, Johnny, you haven't paid your money yet this year, and I have to calculate your taxes. And you've been really smart about it. You've saved some money, right? That makes sense. That's wise with your money. And so you save up... $25,000 in your savings account so that whenever taxes come, you can just give it. That, that's a lot of money. Do you, do you want to give out $25,000? No. No one wants to give out $25,000. So let's say I calculate your taxes because let's say I'm an accountant. And so <laughs> I know. I know. It just writes itself. It writes itself. So I calculate your taxes. I see how much money you're getting. Oh, I see that's $25,000. And I'm just like, hmm, $25,000 is nice, but how much money does that get me? So, Johnny, you actually owe $45,000. But do you have $45,000 saved up? No. No. But do you have to pay that $45,000 if I tell you you have to pay your $45,000? Because yeah. I'm part of the Roman government, right? That, that stinks, doesn't it? Yeah. So you owe me $45,000. So, <laughs> so how would you guys feel about that? Cheated. Yeah, yeah. I, people say I have a punchable face, and so if I was a tax collector, it would just be way worse. So I take $25,000 and give it to the Roman government, and then I take $20,000 to myself. And you know it. I know it. You know you're only supposed to owe like $25,000. So you feel cheated, and so you're probably going to hate me, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. So now you can sit down. So He's hated. Zacchaeus is hated because he's a tax collector. But he's not only a tax collector. Guess what he is? Chief. Chief tax collector. So that means he is a big dog on campus. And so he is taking money from the other smaller tax collectors, part of those $20,000 that they're making, and he's taking it for himself. So guess how much money this guy actually has? 
a lot of money. So he's got a nice mansion. He doesn't have to worry about anything in the world. He's got everything his heart desires because he has all this money. He probably could have a chocolate fountain if he wants. That's a great, that, that would be so cool. But, so he can have whatever he wants. So, filthy rich, tiny, and determined. Can anyone guess why I put determined up there? He was determined to see Jesus. And how did he make that determined in his mind turn into action? What did he do? He climbed the tree. A sycamore tree. There, specifically a sycamore tree. And I've, I didn't get any pictures, but I looked up what a sycamore tree is. Their branches are kind of high. Like even for me, who's really tall, I don't think I'd be able to do it. So the determination, he was probably grabbing it by the trunk and just kind of shimmying up there until he can grab a branch. Does that sound fun? I would hate that. Oh, my goodness. So that's what he was doing. Now we're going to go to Luke, to the fifth verse. And when Jesus came to to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So We can go to the next slide. Jesus specifically knew where Jesus, where Zacchaeus was. So, I don't know if you guys know this, but Jesus came specifically for a purpose. He came to purposefully talk to anyone in Israel. He came purposefully to talk to you guys. He came purposefully to die on the cross for you. And so, him going to Jericho, just going up there, seeing Zacchaeus on a tree, and saying Zacchaeus, he probably came to Jericho. There's about two people in Jericho that he talks to. Uh, And so Zacchaeus was very specific that he wanted to talk to him. So Jesus called him by name. Miles, if I come up to you and said, hey, buddy, pal, how's it going? Good. Now how would you feel? Hey, Miles, how are you doing today? Which is better? The latter, because I specifically knew your name, I talked to you, and it seemed like there was an amount of caring that I did by saying your name, right? So, and I, hopefully I don't mess it up. So, if you use your name in olden times, in present day, that shows an amount of caring that you do for the person, that you actually want to talk to them, that you actually want to see them, that you actually care about them. So, Jesus didn't say, hey, you, in the tree, you look rich. Let me stay at your place tonight. He was just like, hey, Zacchaeus, let me stay at your house tonight. And then, Jesus wants to hang out with you. Jesus wanted to hang out with Zacchaeus, who seriously was hated by everyone, and we're going to get into that in a little bit. But Jesus wants to hang out with you, too. That hasn't changed. That will never change. If Jesus died on the cross for you, he wants to spend more time with you. So I have an illustration with Nick Miller. Come on up. So Nick is going to act like our relationship with God. So Nick, we're best friends, right? Nah? Okay, well, I talk to you every day. Hardly ever, okay? Well, I, um, I come to you all the time? Negative. 
Okay, I come to you when I need you. When I need you to do something for me, right? Yeah. yeah? Whenever, like, it's life or death situation or it's emergency, I didn't study for a test, that's kind of when I talk to you, right? But I go to church every Sunday. You see me there, but really it's not every Sunday, right? But, like, I put my hands up in the air whenever it's the chorus. I clap sometimes. Like, I'm doing really well as a Christian, right? Doing really well as a Christian. Eh, well, I, I really spend time talking to you every single day, though. No, it's been months. It's been, it's been days. It's been weeks. It's been months. But I really care about him. Do I? That's the question. Do I care about Jesus if I am not spending time with him? Nick, you can go sit down. So, the question is, if you are just going to church, if you are just talking to God whenever you need him, and you are going to church to see your friends or to hear a good worship song, put your hands in the air, hear a message to kind of recharge, does that actually mean you're caring about Jesus? No, it doesn't, because you are just using Jesus to get what you want. You're not actually caring about the person and just who God is. And so I feel like a lot of us get in that rut, and trust me, when I say this, like, I've been there too, where I just go to church, I just kind of live and, like, flowing by the waves like a surfer, where I'm just kind of going, but I'm not actually caring about God. And so I feel like a lot of us can be in that. And so I have some application points for us later, but that's the illustration. That's why you see Adam. Okay. Next verse. Verses. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. So, next slide. The reaction. There are two different types of reactions. Zacchaeus was pumped up. If you guys have ever been to a Suns game, you're going to know how exciting it is. Okay, that's fair. So, Zacchaeus was so excited to have an opportunity to talk with Jesus. He's heard so many stories of Jesus. Jesus is going around the, the country and healing people, giving great messages, and Zacchaeus gets the opportunity to talk with him one-on-one. Oh, I, I wish I had that. So Zacchaeus was pumped up. The people had a reaction to The people thought Jesus was too good for sinners. And I think a lot of us get that way too, where we see somebody come to Christ who maybe bullied us back in the day. Maybe we feel like that person doesn't actually deserve Jesus because of all the hurt and the mean things that they have done to us or to a family member or a friend that we don't think they deserve Jesus or they don't, we don't think that their relationship is actually with Jesus. And so that's not an excuse. We should be so pumped up for everyone who gets to have a conversation with Jesus, for anyone who comes in contact with Jesus. We should be like saying, let's go. And this isn't an excuse to go places you shouldn't go. I feel like this is kind of a no-brainer, but I've 
gotten in that mentality too, where I'm just like, oh, my friends, and this is kind of a little testimony, for like three years, my friends would go out to the bars uh, every weekend, and they still do, and they would go out, and they would just get trashed, and I was like, okay, I'm not going to go get trashed, but I'm going to go there, I'm going to DD for them, I'm going to really care for them, I'm going to do whatever it takes to kind of be the dad of the group, to really show them Christ's love. Am I actually showing them Christ's love? No. There was never a conversation I had where I was just like, oh, this is a God-glorifying conversation. This is a conversation that God wants me to be a part of. So I would go to the bars, and then a couple months ago, uh, last year, I heard a message with Eric, talked to Eric and Steve, and they're great resources. If you ever need any wisdom, they are so smart. I was like, hey, I feel like kind of doing the wrong thing by going to the bars with my friends. Uh, I'm not doing anything I shouldn't do. I am, by all accounts of the law, I am following Jesus Christ, but am I actually following? And it was kind of a heart issue where I wasn't the best place possible to glorify Jesus Christ. And I think that's where we all need to be. We all need to glorify Jesus Christ in the best place possible. So, if you don't get anything else, that's a great thing to know. Don't be an idiot like me, because it's not worth it. Luke 19.8. Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, why am I reading from there? And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. So there's the action. Next slide. The action. Exodus 22.1. I know you guys really don't care too much about Exodus, but one of my favorite books of the Bible is Leviticus. I love the laws of Leviticus and just talking about the holiness that God had for a specific type of people. And so Exodus 22.1 is the law where it's stating that if you cheat somebody out of money or out of a calf or a sheep, you have to pay it fourfold. So Johnny, as a great example, so I stole $20,000 from you, correct? Yes. So how would you feel if I gave you $40,000 to make up for it? How would you feel? So, so I gave you $20,000 back. I gave you your $20,000 and then my $20,000, right? So that's double. That's a good. But what would you say if I gave you $60,000? That's pretty sweet. <laughs> Let's go. But what if I give you $80,000 because I stole $20,000 from you? How would you feel? I love you. Yep, yep. So if... There's a way to win somebody's heart back. I've learned there's two things to do. Either give them food or give them money. And then you kind of got their heart back. So in Zacchaeus' case, he gave them money. He gave them four times what he stole. And this guy stole a lot of money. So that's in Exodus. And he is following God's commandment in Exodus. He knows the Bible. This guy probably studied it. He is from Israel, and, so, and he's a child of Abraham that we'll find out later. 
So he knew the Bible. He knew if you cheated somebody, you have to give it four times back. There's an obvious heart change. Would you guys agree? Yes. So there, in every single transformation where you go from a non-Christian to a Christian, there's a heart change. It says it in the Bible that there's a renewal of your heart. And so this was obvious because of the action Zacchaeus took. He wanted to follow God. It's not like he became a Christian and was just like, okay, now I go to heaven and I can do whatever I want, right? Right? He can't do that. That's wrong. That's not what being a Christian is supposed to be. There's supposed to be a life change in that. And so he changes his heart, and then Zacchaeus changed because of his love for God. I think a lot of us forget this. A lot of us change or we do stuff for God because we don't want to go to hell. We would rather not go to hell than love God. But in Zacchaeus's case, he loves God so much, he's just like, this, this guy who literally in one week is going to die on the cross, he didn't know that yet, but he heard about it, and he knew Jesus, and so he, when he had that conversation with him, his entire life changed because of that conversation with Jesus, because of his love for God and his love that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, guys. We're going to talk about that in a second, but that's huge. Luke 19, 9 through 10. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. The reaction to the action. So Jesus, is, Jesus sees the, heart, the obvious heart change. Jesus sees that Zacchaeus wants to follow God. If we can go. And so Jesus came to, see, came to save the lost. And so some of you guys here may be lost. Some of you guys here may not know Jesus Christ as your Savior. Maybe some of you guys don't truly know Jesus for who he is. You've been going to church for a while, and you just don't know him. And so, and Jesus is seeking after you, just like Jesus came for Zacchaeus, specifically for Zacchaeus. Jesus is specifically coming for you guys. He knows all of you guys by name. If he knows the hairs on your head, he knows your name. I feel like hairs on the, your head is way harder to know. And so he cares about you. He loves you. And that's Sometimes that kind of goes in one year and out the other, that Jesus loves you. But to know true love, that's Jesus. Jesus truly loves you guys. So, summary, there's not much. Zacchaeus was hated. Agree? Agreed. Zacchaeus was easily hated. He, nobody liked him. Not, probably not even his mom, because he probably came to get her taxes. So, nobody enjoyed Zacchaeus. Um, Jesus came specifically. I've been saying that word a lot tonight, specifically, and that's for good reason, because whenever you think about how Jesus came to die for me instead of 
oh, Jesus came to die for the world? Like, think, Jesus came to die for Trenton Chaplin. Why? Why did he come to die for me? I don't deserve that. I don't deserve Jesus' Jesus's love, Jesus' sacrifice. But he loves you and cares about you. Zacchaeus has one conversation. Now, I have one conversation with a person, I forget their name. It goes in one ear and out the other, and I usually am pretty good with names, but one conversation doesn't affect me too much. But Zacchaeus had one conversation, and that changed his entire life. That changed everything about him. He was once a terrible person, next filled with the love of Jesus Christ, filled with that caring. And then Zacchaeus' life was changed after that one conversation. Going from, what's a good transformation? Going from a caterpillar to a butterfly. Caterpillars are pretty gross in my eyes. Butterflies, I think, are kind of cool. So he went from that to that. I think there are three types of people in this room. So I, you guys should be in one of these categories. I kind of tried to broaden it out. But think about yourself. I don't know you as well as you guys know yourself. And so I really want you guys to think about who you are and think, okay, is this me? And what action steps do I need to do? So the first person. People who don't know Jesus. There are some of you guys here um, that don't know Jesus. You understand what Jesus did. Uh, maybe you grew up in church. Maybe you've heard the stories that you, you understand that Jesus died on the cross. You understand all this good stuff that he will take away your anxieties, that he will do all this stuff for you once you trust in Jesus. And I want you guys to know who Jesus is, that he died on the cross. And there's a lot of stuff that Jesus did that I'm not going to say in this message because there's four books written about Jesus Christ and there's a lot more commentaries. But if you have any questions for who Jesus is, talk to me, talk to Christian, talk to Nolan, talk to Jeremiah, talk to one of the pastors. Um, they want you to know who Jesus is. It would be a failure on your part if you don't know who Jesus is and you walk out of this room still not knowing or still not having a desire to know who Jesus is. Uh, you're not here for the right reasons. Now, I love hanging out with friends as much as the next person. I love playing 2K. I love talking sports. I love just hanging out, watching movies. But that's not the point of church. The point of church is to grow closer to God. It's to grow in your faith and to constantly be growing and to learn who Jesus is. And so that's kind of self-explanatory. And Jesus is here for you. Open up to John 14.6. I'll get it on my...
accidentally hit John 9, John 14. I shake, so. Okay. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's very specific. It's not like, oh, I can get to heaven on my good works. I can get to heaven on my morality. Like, I'm not a bad person. I don't lie. I don't cheat. I don't do anything. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to prison. I'm better than the next person. We do this kind of comparison type thing. Hopefully that's better. Um, We do this comparison type thing, but that's not what gets you into heaven. What gets you into heaven is Jesus Christ. That's it. Jesus plus anything equals nothing. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. You guys got to remember that because a lot of us, it happened in the New Testament, it happens today where we like to add and add parts to the gospel. It's just Jesus. It's just Jesus Christ. And then there's the second person. And I think a lot of us are in here. Uh, I've been in here in this rut. People who are in a rut where you go to church every Sunday or you go to church every other Sunday. You worship. Uh, just like the illustration with Nick and I, you are reading your Bible every couple days, um, maybe once a week. Maybe you're just reading your Bible to kind of check something off. Maybe you're not reading your Bible actually to read your Bible and know who Jesus is. And you're just kind of going through the motions and just living life. You haven't been active for months or years. Now, I'm a big workout guy. I'm not a big workout guy. (laughs) So, but you have to be active in your faith. I think being active physically is a great thing, but being active spiritually is the best thing. Being active in your faith, sharing the gospel is a huge way to be active in your faith because that's one of Jesus' commandments. Actually, that's Jesus' last commandment. You have to share your faith. And a lot of us who are in this rut think that we're sharing our faith just by our actions, by maybe praying before food in a group of people or not really cussing or not really doing anything bad. And don't get me wrong, that's a great thing. But sharing the gospel takes sharing the gospel. The gospel is not praying for food in a group of people before dinner. Sharing the gospel is not not cussing. Sharing the gospel is not not lying. A lot of double negatives in that one. So you have to be active in sharing your faith. And let's say you, most of your friends are non-Christians. Maybe you, or most of your friends are Christians. And you're doing this church with them and you're growing, but you're just kind of going to church, reading your Bible, and living life. I think a great thing to do is to serve. Um, so I started serving in the third and fourth grade kids' choir whenever I was like a freshman in high school. And guys, to be honest, 
that changed my life. If I didn't serve in the kids or serve anywhere, I wouldn't be who I am today. I wouldn't have stayed in church because I didn't have that responsibility. I think as, it says as Christians, we are supposed to serve. If there is an oppor- there's plenty of opportunities at Maranatha, 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 got it. <laughs> uh, welcome Center, Youth Group, Kids Ministry, um, plenty more. Morgan knows a lot more of them um, that you guys can be doing. I, it's our job to serve others as Christ, as Christians, because Christ served us. So you have to be active, and that takes sharing your faith and serving in the church. Luke 17, 7 through 10, this verse hits so hard. So you guys don't have to go there, but just follow along. Will any of you who has a servant plowing or keeping sheep say to him when he has come in from the field, come at once and recline at table? Will he not rather say to him, prepare supper for me and dress properly and serve me while I eat and drink, and afterward you will, you will eat and drink? Does he thank the servant because he did what he was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were commanded, say, we are unworthy servants, we have only done what was our duty. Let me be honest, going to church is the bare minimum of being a Christian. It's seriously the low, like, going to, congrats, you go to church. Congrats, you are with friends and worshiping and learning a message. That's what we're all supposed to do, and we should be doing that. We got, that's the foundation we got to build up. We are supposed to be growing and becoming more mature as Christians. So you, just like this verse says, if you're doing your job, congrats on doing your job. Like, you did, you did your job. You didn't go above and beyond. You didn't do anything. You're just there. So congrats. What we have to do is we have to go above and beyond. We have to start serving. We have to be active with our faith and sharing the gospel. So Matthew six thirty three, we're gonna finish kind of on a high note because I don't want this to be a depressing message. So I want you guys to really get the message. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. What does that mean? What does seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? Hmm, that's really tough. Man, I don't know. Maybe like reading your Bible and going to church, doing the stuff, seeking him, he is greater than anything that we have. Zacchaeus found this out right away. He had all the money in the world. He had everything he absolutely needed. He didn't, like, from a world perspective, he didn't need religion. He didn't need somebody telling him what to do. He needed a relationship with God. He needed a relationship with Jesus. So if you seek Jesus, you're going to find fulfillment in serving him and loving him. You're going to find that fulfillment that our hearts crave and desire. It's, if you chase after money, if you chase after relationships, if you chase after popularity, you know what that's going to lead in? 
despair. Despair, and that's a big word. But if you seek Jesus, all these things will be added to you. All this fulfillment, all this love, and I keep hammering that point home, but seek Jesus first. Seek him. Okay. Let me pray. Dear God, thank you so much for us just learning more about you, learning more about your word, and learning more about how good you are and how good you are to Zacchaeus. Uh, he, his life was changed. Um, he saw you, had one conversation, and was just like, this guy is worth it. This guy is better than anything I could do. And I'm sorry for cheating. I'm sorry for lying. I'm sorry for doing all this hurtful stuff. And please just help uh, these college students to understand and to know that Jesus is better. Um, and just help them to seek first you, God, because you're so good. And um, these college kids are just so good. I appreciate them so much, and I just love talking to them. Please just help us take these applications this week. Amen. Good night and thrive.